Welcome everybody who's joining us. I'm so delighted that you're with us. And this session today is called Your Best Life. Your Best Life. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. That's the devil. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is the nature, no matter what you've heard about God, no matter what you've learned about God, He actually comes to give you life in its full, an abundant life, a, a tremendous life. He's not the divine killjoy that many people think He is. In fact, He's an abundant life giver, and that's who He is. So this morning, I want to talk about how in our church, in C3 Powerhouse, how you can enjoy that life and live the best life that He has for you. In 1995, Danielle and I got married, April 22, 1995. Uh, you know, essentially this happened after D Danielle chased me for a long period of time. Half true. Uh, I think I'm not sure if it was that God had mercy on me that he sent me this beautiful lady because he was so merciful and knew I needed a lot of help uh, or just because he loved me and he wanted to bless me so much, but he gave me this gorgeous woman and we got married. Uh, the first year of our marriage was sensational. Uh, you might have heard me say it like this, but she could hardly keep her hands off me. And what can I say? She's only human. Uh, and we had this great time as we established the foundations of our marriage for the future of our marriage together. However, we made one, what I would call, almost fatal mistake. Almost. Not quite, but almost. And with, with well-intentioned thinking, we made this decision that, well, we're going to get married. I'd been very involved in leadership in our church, Danielle to a certain degree, but we thought, let's just take a break from leadership, and which is okay to do in certain seasons, but then not just take a break, but let's step back from connection in church life. We'll just go on Sundays, but we won't be part of a group. We will, we'll, just, we'll indulge in one another for a year seemed like a good idea at the time seemed like a great idea but however that one decision put us on a path away from God's best for our life and if you could, if you're to start one degree off right now and keep going on that path after a year you'll find you're quite a long way off the best that you, that God has for your life and so we this is what happened to us after about a year of marriage bliss church wasn't bliss and we would come to church and we knew lots of people. The church was about 150 people who were, who were part of this church. But we ended up feeling really isolated. No one else's fault. An internal decision that we'd made. But we ended up feeling really isolated. We felt disconnected. Uh, we, we had this, this feeling of, of, well, no one really cares about us. This feeling of isolation uh, stirred up feelings of loneliness. And, and after a little while, we, we would begin to talk and, and say things like this. Uh, I don't think anyone in, our, this, in this church really cares about us. I feel like, I know, it was the beginning of a little pity party. I feel, we, we, we feel like if we weren't to come to church, no one would really notice now, so these feelings of isolation that were, that were real on the inside of us, we weren't making them up. They were very real and they were emotional and they were a, a genuine response to decisions that we'd made by withdrawing. But then what began to happen is the devil 
began to get on those feelings and he began to whisper lies into our ears. Those lies became the, an amplification of those thoughts. No one cares about you. No one really is worried about you. And after a little while, those, those little feelings that became thoughts that the enemy got onto got louder and louder until it turned not about us, but about making a judgment on the church. Well, this church is not caring enough. Those people aren't good enough. The pastor isn't doing his job looking after us. And so what started as, as feelings of isolation became magnified and multiplied. Now we're making ju judgments. And then this feeling comes to us, well, maybe we should just go to another church where they're going to care for us. Subtle, simple. And you know what? We actually started to wonder, is that how God's leading us? Is God leading us to another church because of these feelings? I want to tell you today that we should never make a decision about the future of our church or key decisions based on a feeling on the inside because that is fraught with danger. We have to make decisions based on conviction that comes from the Word of God. And so after a little while, fortunately, we had a few conversations and we remember these conversations. I remember one specifically where we sat at our lunch after church on lunchtime, having that conversation, will we go to another church? Is God leading us to another church? And then fortunately, like a, a light just came. We, we knew it wasn't quite right, but just something bubbled up on the inside and the Holy Spirit began to whisper us, no, you're called to be part of this church. Why don't you bottle that feeling of isolation? Because everybody in church life will go through a season where they feel isolated and no one cares. Bottle that feeling and do everything you can to become part of the solution or the answer for other people. And so that, that's what we did. We, we went out of that, um, that moment and made a decision and we began to invite people home for our meals, to our home for meals. We began to look outward again rather than just inward. We began to be part of the solution. Uh, before long, we began a small group in the life of our church. It was called BYO. Uh, not what you're thinking, BYO, as in bring your own, but BYO Beyond Youth Options. It was for people who are older than 25 to come into our home and we opened up our home. And who knows, it, within 12 months of that decision, we were the assistant pastors in this church. Within about two years, we'd been asked to be the senior pastors of this church. I believe with all my heart that our destinies are linked together and the devil do, will do whatever he can to rob you of your divine connections, which is where the link of your destiny is. He will try and do that time and time again. See, if Jesus came to give us life and life to the full and the devil tried to steal, uh, tries to steal and rob and destroy, then the Bible tells us we shouldn't be ignorant of his devices, his schemes, his, his MO, how he works. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 says this, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I'm not an expert on lions, but I have watched David Attenborough, and I have watched Discovery Channel, and I've seen one in the wild in Africa, okay? But one thing I know about lions and the way that they operate, and it's no coincidence that the, the devil is compared to a lion, is they go to attack herds, and when they go to attack a herd, they never attack the full herd. 
they look for an animal that's off to the side of the herd. They look for one that's weak or young or that's been separated. In, in essence, an isolated animal is ripe for prey from a roaring lion. And the devil, your, your enemy and my enemy, is the same. He has one major priority for every Christian. Once you become a Christian, and yes, he hasn't stopped you becoming a Christian, his next priority is to isolate you. It's to isolate you from where the life of God is going to flow into your life. Jesus put it like this, whenever someone gathers in my name, that's where I am. So the enemy knows if we gather in his name, then God's power and presence is there. So he's going to do everything he can to isolate us from gathering. So he'll do all sorts of different things. Those lies will get into our mind that I just talked about. No one cares about you. You're not worth it. And you, you wouldn't really fit in. If people really knew, knew the truth about you, you wouldn't be accepted. You're not good enough. He'll, he'll whisper lies to us to try and isolate us. He, he'll offend us. You know, every group, every type of organization where people exist on the planet is going to have a problem with people. We're going to offend up each other, upset one another. And too often people come to church going, oh, well, this will be different. It's the church. These people are perfect. Well, someone said they were until you turned up. I think that's harsh. I just think the reality is we all have bad days. We all have bad moments. We all wake up grumpy and get out the wrong side of bed some days. We all do things we, we don't regret, that we regret and wish we hadn't said or done or, or we'd meant to do this and we didn't. And offense will come and the enemy will use that to isolate us out of church. If you, hang around, if you haven't been offended in this church yet, I promise you it will happen. If I haven't offended you yet, guaranteed it's going to happen. Let's just get on with that and be really good at forgiving one another and living above offense, living above the expectation. It's unrealistic. So, so don't let the enemy use offense to isolate us. Don't let him use lies. Don't let him use distractions. I've heard it said like this, that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And so many people go, oh, I'm so busy, I can't do that. But here's the problem. That is actually what's life-giving. That gathering together with other believers is what brings the life of God into our life. And suddenly, if I get too busy to do that, I'm cutting myself off from the life flow of God. You can't take a hand and cut it off from a body and think it's going to be healthy. You can't take a coal and separate it from a fire and think it's going to stay on fire. You, you can't take things away from where, from where they're destined to be and think that they're just going to be okay and normal. We are made to gather together. He'll distract us. You know what? He'll distract us with problems. He'll even distract us with good things. It, it, I watched the devil. He's a sneaky little schmuck. I watch when people get saved and they're starting to get on fire and then suddenly the dream job comes up. The thing that, oh, it's the answer to my prayers. It means that I'm going to have to move away from God's people and God's family or I'll have to work and not be able to be connected. And it's like, oh, but it seems good, but it's not God and it takes us away. Or the dream relationship comes up. That must be God too. I've been saved for four weeks and suddenly Prince Charming came along into my life. Oh, it's the answer to all my prayers. No, 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 no. Jesus is the answer to all your prayers. Stay, stay strong and connected to Him and make sure that nothing takes us away from that as our priority. And then, hey, if Prince Charming or, or Princess Awesome comes along, 
then let that be an addition to the strength of your relationship with God. Don't let it replace it because the devil, he's trying to isolate you. He's trying to disconnect you. He's trying to take you out. I'm, even as we're in this place today, if you're sitting there in growth track thinking, oh, I don't feel like I belong. I feel isolated. Or if you're sitting here in this service and you, those lies have got into your head, I want to tell you they're a lie that you belong in this place, that you belong in this church, that you're needed in this church, that you're loved in this church, that there's a place for you in this church. Let's break the power of the lies of the enemy over every person here in Jesus' name. All right, so we know that that's the scheme of the enemy. Number one, he wants to isolate you. So what's, if, if that will give us a bit of an indication. If that's his number one plan, what's God's number one plan? And I would say it's this. He wants you to be immersed in his family if the enemy wants to isolate he wants to immerse you baptism isn't just water baptism and baptism in the holy spirit it's baptism into god's family it's an immersion into the church that's his plan for you and i the bible says it like this in psalm chapter 92 verse 13 those who are planted in the house of the lord shall flourish in the courts of our god he wants the best for you and i and the way we get the best is we get planted now imagine if I came along to you and said, hey, here's a, here's a tree. It's growing, it's doing quite well, it's in a pot, and I want you to take it home and put it in your garden, and, and if you look after it, it'll flourish. Imagine you took it home and just threw it on the lawn and, and thought, cool, it's a good tree, it's pretty healthy, it's going to be fine. It'll, it'll, and after a while, if you, if you don't dig it down into the ground... If you don't look after that thing or water it, eventually the nutrients that is not found in itself, which is designed to come from the soil and from what's put around it and, and in it, eventually that thing is just going to die. Why? Because it's not planted or immersed. And being planted is being immersed into God's family. It's being immersed into the people that God has connected us to. That's the way that you and I are going to flourish in our life. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, don't be isolated, but be immersed. Fantastic. All right, let's have a look at this. So let's have a look then. What, is, what does that look like in the Bible? What's the pattern for that in the Bible? The pattern in the Bible is this. In, in the early church, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They didn't have a New Testament, so that's the Bible. To fellowship, that spiritually-based friendship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. There's the four things, the recipe of the New Testament church's gatherings. Bible, spiritual friendship or fellowship, sacred hospitality, and praying together. That's what they did. And then uh, verse 46, it says they worshiped together at the temple each day. And then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Here's, here's what they did. They had two things going. They met in the temple. That was one track. And then they met together in homes. They met in the temple and they met in homes. They met corporately and then they met in homes. I want you to look at the very first uh, the two early words in that of Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And it says, all the believers devoted themselves. Say devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. This is what Danielle and I made the mistake. We, we pulled ourselves back rather than devoting ourselves. The onus on every Christian who's, who's been around for more than three or four months is not that someone takes care of you. 
It's not that someone, someone chases you down, but the biblical onus is on me to devote myself to the things that God puts as important of prayer, the Word of God, fellowship, and eating meals together. This is, this is the onus on every believer. When you're a new Christian and you're young, we'll do everything we can to help you. But eventually, there's got to come a moment where you and I devote ourselves to these things. And then all uh, this... All, all this awesome stuff began to happen in the New Testament when they did it. You follow it through. They had miracles. They had a favor from God, radical generosity. And it says eventually that there was people added to the church daily who were being saved. It was a result of them finding the pattern of gathering together on Sunday and then gathering in, in homes. And so when we gather together on Sunday in these church services, there's celebration, we have worship, we have giving, we hear testimonies, we preach the Word of God, God moves supernaturally, and our friends come here to meet Christ. That's what Sundays. But during the week, we gather together. I want to talk about some of the things that happen when we gather together. And in our church, we call it groups. We just gather together in small groups all over the coast. All sorts of groups. Groups for mixed for mixed people that sounds weird mixed groups people groups where men and women go along together men's groups women's groups groups for youths, youth and young people prayer groups support groups groups for, for special interests groups for business people groups for people who need healing groups for new Christians we call those alpha groups with specific learning focuses like marriage enrichment and parenting and money management all sorts of different groups that we can gather together in and my prayer is for every person who calls C3 Powerhouse, their home. My prayer is that you will find a group that is life-giving. You'll find a group where your, your roots will go down deep into God and nutrients will flow into your life, where you'll make great friends and the life of God will flow to you. It's my prayer that every person who's part of this church will find a group as an essential part of your church life. Not as an extra, but as an essential part from the Bible pattern. And here's three things that is going to happen to you when you find your group. Okay, here's three things. The first one, you'll grow spiritually. We're designed for spiritual growth, and the Bible shows us that it happens best in a context of small groups and relationships. To me, there's two core, two core things for us in terms of our spiritual growth in the house of God. One is the pulpit, and one is the table. The pulpit is where the Word of God and vision is preached to us that we can take and, and, and bring it into our home. And then the, the table is when we gather with five or 10 or 15 other people and we break it down over meals and laughter and love and, and we work out what does that mean in our life. The pulpit and the table. You'll grow spiritually. 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 says this, Physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Physical training is good. Okay? It's great to be physically fit. It's important we look after our bodies and our health. But godliness is more important because it has benefits for now and for eternity. And so there's a principle about growth, and I discovered this about seven years ago. I was getting fit after having children and sort of dropping out of sporting life, and I was starting to get fit and starting to jog and starting to run a little bit. But I, but I pretty much plateaued. I got to this point where, where I'm not going to get any more fit now uh, without being part of something, you know, where I'm inspired and pushed, and some people find a training partner, other people. So I said, I'm going to join a boot camp on the beach. I love the beach. I can get up early, and so I just made this decision. 
I've plateaued and I want to go to another level, so I need to be part of a group who do it. Now, I'm a confident person, but it, it was actually quite intimidating to me to rock up to a group where I really knew nobody. Uh, it took me, I reckon, almost six months to feel comfortable in that group. But I just made a decision that I knew it would be good for me. Now, seven years later, here's what's happened. I've made some great friends. Uh, my fitness has gone to another level. I've had lots more fun. I, I pushed myself way harder with a coach or a trainer and competing with other people and the encouragement. There's just heaps of encouragement. I've gone to another level that I never would have gone on my own. It gave me an insight into the power of group. I tell you, uh, and so for, for you and I spiritually, I believe that same applies. There's a, there's a select few who will grow really well in your own. You're so disciplined, you can do it. But then we're missing out on the benefits of you to us, if that's your mindset. But the majority of us, we need people. We need inspiration. We need a coach. We need people who are, who are encouraging us, loving us. I need to learn from your stories. You need to learn from my stories. We'll unpack the Word of God together and we'll grow spiritually, learning to pray, all sorts of different things. So the first thing that happens when you're part of a group is you'll grow spiritually. In fact, for many of you, this decision, this next step for you to be part of is the thing that's going to supercharge your Christian walk right now. So many new Christians get on fire, have all this sort of awesome things going and then begin to plateau. If you don't want to plateau, then the most important thing for you to do is to find a group and get committed to that group. You'll grow spiritually. Number two is you'll experience freedom and healing. Here's the thing, when we meet Jesus, we get forgiven. And he wants to come and he makes us spiritually brand new, but he wants to come and transform us. All of us from our past bring baggage. We have dysfunction. We have addictions. We have unhealthy thought patterns which will affect our relationships. We will carry things like anxiety or depression or anger issues or all sorts of different things that come from our past. And when we meet Christ, he changes us on the inside but then he begins to work in us and transform us. And here's the thing. There's a limit to what he does on our own. Transformation happens best again with one another. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 16 says this, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. When you confess your sins to Jesus, you're forgiven. But when we confess our sins, and that just means vulnerability. I'm not talking about the first time you go to a group telling them your whole life story and all your issues and blurting it all out like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But as trust builds, as relationships build, as people share their story and things they've overcome, what happens? And we just open up and go, well, yeah, I've struggled with that. Thanks for being honest. That really helps me as we just let things into the light and others pray for us. This is the power of vulnerability and community. Then healing comes. It's interesting. Healing doesn't come directly from Jesus. Healing comes from Jesus who's in the life of the people around us and he begins to bring healing and freedom into our lives. So groups are an absolute vital part of groups. You might have heard it said like this, that hurt people, hurt people. And we're all, we're all a product of that at some level. But the same truth works this way. Transformed lives transform life. 
What God's done in your life, He wants to use your story to help others be healed. He wants to heal your story for others to experience freedom. Now, we have a particular group called a Freedom Group, and it's a six-week course that we want everybody who becomes part of our church to do that course. That's, that's operating every term. And so that's, that's a, a fast track of experiencing freedom and healing. But for many of us, once we've done that, it's just the ongoing week-in, week-out relationships. Sometimes it's the conversation on the lawn after the group met where you've gone outside and you've talked to someone one-on-one and you've opened up at the front of the house and in that conversation because you've built relationship God begins to move it's a powerful thing for us to do so number two in groups you'll experience freedom and healing and then the third one is this you'll find encouragement all of us need encouragement I've written it like this we'll be encouraged ourselves and we'll encourage others the point of being part of a group is that we'll be encouraged ourselves and we will be an encouragement to others. That's the responsibility of every Christian believer. That Hebrews 10 verse 25 says this, Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do with a list of excuses, but let's encourage one another especially now the day of his return is drawing near. When we meet together, one of the primary reasons is that the love of God and the the life of God will flow from one to another and encouragement will come into the soul of those around us. We'll pray for one another in the group, but also outside of the group. One of the best things about groups in the life of our church is that every group leader has made a commitment to pray daily for everyone who's attending their group. If you want someone to pray for your needs every day by name, then then the the most simple way for that to happen is to join a group and begin to talk to the leader of that group. And before you know it, you'll be a beneficiary of their prayer. And before you know it, you're beginning to pray for those who are part of your group. And encouragement will flow from them to you and you to them. And we'll be able together to protect one another from the schemes and the attack of the enemy. We'll be able to go through every season, the good season, seasons and the tough seasons we'll be able to laugh together we'll be able to cry together we'll be able to do it the way God's destined us to do it and that is together you'll find encouragement together that's three very simple things you'll grow spiritually you'll experience freedom and healing and then you'll be you'll find encouragement in your group and so today, this is, this is my desire. Uh, in a few moments, the leader of the growth track is going to talk to everyone in the, in the session, and they're going to talk to you about what group will fit for you in this season of your life. And we will do everything we can. We will bend over backwards to find a group that's going to work for you. If we don't have one, help us start one so that we can meet the needs of people like you and, and form connections uh, many of you who are in this growth track session now many of you are here today you're ready to run a group you don't have to wait 10 years and do bible college to run a group you just have to know what the how much you've loved and benefited from a group and we'll train you to run a group and so we'll tell you more about that as well so god bless those of you who are joining us with growth track i'm praying you find a phenomenal group that's really going to help you today god bless all right now god bless you guys as well